All right, this is Bishop Bowser here. This is uh, Slow Motion with Bishop Bowser. We thank the Lord for all of you that are going to view this podcast and all those that are going to be coming on live. Um, we're catching you at noon, well, a little bit after noon because it's around 1244, but it is uh, midday, uh, going into our midday. And so hopefully you're on your lunch or um, uh, whatever type of break you take during this time, if you're working during the daytime, uh, so you can check this out. So we thank all those that are on here that is uh, viewing us and checking us out here live on uh, Facebook. Today, I have Seven Shadow with me, uh, and to, we're going to be talking about uh, what it is to be a black man, right? You know, um, and we, we speak it from an American experience, right? Not from any other experience, but from an American experience. And so we thank thank the Lord for uh, you seven shout out for being on with us. God bless you. And thank you for and welcome to Slow Motion with Bishop Bowser. Thank you very much. Yeah, speak up a little bit because remember that mic, we got that yeah. mic right there so we can uh, catch both both sounds All and right. so on and so forth. But we know uh, one of the things that we know for sure as we um, dive into this in regards to uh, what it is to be a black man, right? Because, you know, we attack from all ends, right? The black man is. Uh, you know, when you talk about the um, systems that we deal with, whether it's uh, structural racism, uh, institutional racism, systemic racism, individual racism, <laughs> you know, self-hatred, <laughs> self-hatred, because, yeah, we got a lot of self-hatred uh, that's going on out here also. So the black man uh, gets it from all ends. He gets it from the perspective of of the white man hating on him. He gets it from the perspective of White women hating on him. He get it from the perspective of even black women hating on him. He get it from the perspective of even black men hating on him. <laughs> you know, we hate each other. Uh, when you look <clears throat> in this country, there are more black men that are in prison in America than women are in the world, right? And, of course, there's more black men in, in prison in America than there are white women, white men and Latinos also when you, when you couple it all together. Uh, with criminal justice reform, it is dwindling and going down, but it's still real horrible for black men. When you look at the black man, the black man here in San Diego County is seven times more likely to be killed by a police officer. When you look at it on the national level, a black person, uh, every uh, uh, one black man is killed per 1,000. Every uh, other, when you look at all the other men, uh, one is killed for every 2,000. And a woman is killed one for every 33,000. So we know that, you know, when we talk about, um, uh, whether it's police violence, whether it's community violence, because when you look, uh, 40 percent, really 50 percent of homicides in America are black men. And I mean, I shouldn't say black men, but are black people. But most of that majority is uh, black men, way more than than black women as far as uh, being killed. Right. And a lot of that is self-hate, uh, uh, you know, and, and I think about 86 percent of it is uh, come to gun violence. And so we know that when you look at it on the violent perspective, on the criminal justice perspective, and even on the from the political perspective, the way systems are set up, it's designed, it's designed uh, to hate on the black man. And so I, I want to dive into this with you, uh, uh, Seven Shadow, on of, of talking about what it is to be a black man in America, because, you know, um, I believe any black man that understand who he is and know who he is, 
uh, can talk about that from an American experience. When we talk about America, descendants of slavery, you know, uh, uh, are having our roots here, right? Our descendants, our, our forefathers, I should say, uh, were slaves, right? And we're descendants of slavery. And so, um, we face a lot, whether, you know, you're dealing with the, 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 um, the racial wealth gap, live with education, uh, you deal with uh, any aspect and you look at the white man and versus the black man or black man versus the world, uh, this country, I should say, and the black man is lagging far behind. There's just a design attack on it. And I really would like to see our brothers come together, but also the black family come together. Uh, we talked about, you know, one thing we're talking about is in the um, South, not so much in the South, but in the 60s. Uh, we know that when they passed the welfare, that, that the the uh, the father couldn't even be in the home. Right. And so because they had a problem with that. And so um, we have some serious issues that's going on here. And so I, I, I thank you. So so let's just start off to give us a little a little background about tell us about yourself and who you are as a black man in America. I basically come from the urban part of San Diego. Uh, I, I've lived in different parts of San Diego. I grew up on the west side, everything west of 33rd. Uh-huh. Uh, but I've had a taste of, of various different parts of town, towns in San Diego. And, uh, you know, uh, we we go through a lot of the same thing, no matter what part of town you live on. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more concentrated, a little bit more harsh on other parts of town. But never, nevertheless, the, the, that level of oppression. Uh-huh. Is still the same. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say the level of oppression, can you break that down for us and, and tell us what you mean by that? When you talk about that level of oppression, well, there, there there's tension that is caused in our communities, and then and then there's a whole lot of stuff that we can't even explain. A lot of us don't have the vernacular to explain, so therefore, it, it issues get pushed under the rug. Mm-hmm. Racial issues, uh, political issues financial issues things like that mm-hmm. and Amen. some more stuff that i can't you know <laughs> that i have not even been able to touch on uh-huh uh-huh but, but, the, the, but basically though as a as a black man we're surrounded by evil mm-hmm. all four corners and that's by design mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. amen amen and 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 you know um when we when when we talk about you know, being a black man in America and, and so on and knowing, you know, that your experience is, um, what do you, what is your, your opinion about the present climate that we're, that we're in as far as the hostility towards the black man? You know, whether you're looking at it, you can go back, to look at it when it's, uh, uh, child molestation, they got to pick the black man, like Michael Jackson, sexual rape and sexual harassment, whatever, uh, the black man, you know, uh, Bill Cosby, when you have all these white folks out here, uh, that black white men out here that's leading the way in all these. But when when you look for the symbols, the black man got to be the symbol of crime, has to be the symbol of being a sexual pervert, got to be the symbol of being a criminal jailbird and all these different type of things. You know, and what is your opinion on that? Well, you know, they, they cool with you as long as they could benefit off you. The very second that they, that you outlive your usefulness, they will destroy you. So they lift you up just to tear you down and make a bad example of you, and 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 try to make it look like no matter where we are or what we do, something wrong with us. Like we sick, <laughs> you know. And 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 a lot of us are sick, but a lot of us are sick. Explain it when you say sick. Uh, sick mentality. Something, okay. Something wrong somewhere. 
Okay. No matter what we do, mm-hmm. no matter how we was raised, mm-hmm. they try to make us look like we genetically, spiritually, mentally, and physically messed up as a people. Mm-hmm. And if if we are, it's because they made us sick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, we we there's a degree of personal responsibility we have to take to, as far as repairing ourselves mm-hmm. as well. How do we do that? Policing our taking taking charge of our own community, uh-huh. policing our own people, correcting our own people, mm-hmm. correcting our own people. Right. And, you know, I, I hear people say that as far as, you know, we police ourselves and, and things like that. But uh, how do we do that? Every little thing we do. Mm hmm. So like, I'm I'm a bridge between your generation and my ga- right. generation, right? And then and then the generations that's younger than me, doing some things that's out of pocket. It's for me to correct them and let them know because mm-hmm. they 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 see me in a certain light, mm-hmm. and it's it's for me to conduct myself better, right? As well, and be a better example, and they tell you, look, don't talk like that, don't act like that, don't dress like that, mm-hmm. you know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a teller. Conduct yourself a little better. Uh-huh. Pull your pants up. Uh-huh. Stop talking like that. Okay, but but, but wait a minute now. So so like, you know, cuz one of the things I hear, you know, when we talk about that pull your pants up, right? Pull your pants up and and things like that. They say, "Oh, well, you know, that's that's culture, man. That's that's part of our culture, man. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Why are you criminalizing no, pulling up pants?" Cuz so because my father, my father before me my father, he said, but before we were sagging, it was the white boys that were sagging and doing that like that, just like that. Uh-huh. How uh-huh. they doing it right now. Uh-huh. So you see how things change over time. Right. And and we don't know where it came from. Mm-hmm. And, and we represent uh, something that's not really in our best interest. Right, Let's right. Let's just say that. Right, right. Is that somebody's phone? <laughs> or is it your phone? That's mine. And oh, okay. I, I, I had turned the ringer on. But <laughs> I mean, you know, you know we're not in full control of these electronic exactly. devices. Especially, especially today. Especially and they today. primarily use to spy on us anyway. Especially, especially today. So, so like, you know, here's the thing, man. And, and one of the things that I know that um, we really struggle with in our community is accountability, right? You know, uh, as far as, I, and I'm talking about as a whole, not just the black men, but the black community, right? Because, you know, when you... When you look at the, the black family, um, 86% of black children do not live in a home with their father. 70% of young black men that are in prison and, and in, the, in the juvenile hall are incarcerated come from a single parent home, right? And so, you know, it is estimated that a child, even if they come out of a, a mother and father home, a black child, uh, by the time they get 15, 16, uh, it, it, it's, it's less likely that they're going to have both of their parents in the home, even when you have both of the parents. Uh, it, is, uh, it has also been said that one out of 15 black children uh, have a parent that is incarcerated versus everyone else, one out of 40. And so we know that, you know, there is some some issues within that systemic, right, that the system has set up, right, and, and the way they're done. But... I think that, you know, there's there's a, a sense of responsibility that we have to take also, you know, as as uh, black men and 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 being that leader. Right. Because right now I'm going to tell you, uh, I don't see the black man as in leading in the community and being a leader in his home, being a leader, you know, economically or whatever uh, way you want to look at. Even in the church, being a leader is the black woman. Right. And so. 
that's what you find today. You find a lot of um, uh, the black woman being lifted up, uh, but in return, the black man is being oppressed. You know, when we talk about the black woman, you know, it's all beautiful and lovely. But when we talk about the black man, you know, he's absent. He's deadbeat. He's thug. He's a criminal. He's no good. He's druggy. He's a gangbanger. He's a pimp and all these other different type of things, you know, and, and, and he did no, and he's nowhere to be found and all those type of things. And I do believe that there's a sense of accountability and responsibility on our side, but how do we do that? What was, how do we do what? What was the question? How do we take, how do we hold our own accountable? Right. Uh, and at the same time, while we see, cause let me explain it this way. We're fighting against racism. And we know that a lot of what we go through now stems from slavery. You know, when you look at what black people and the black family go through, some of the things I just mentioned about being incarcerated, uh, being absent from the home, uh, not not, you know, the, the father not there. You know, a lot of that, you know, there is a sense of responsibility where we have to uh, uh, hold our own accountable. And my question is. How do we do that? You know, especially with coming up against a repressive system and give an example. Right. And I'm just do, using an example. So I don't want nobody to crucify me for saying this is that, you know, when we protest against police killing black men. Right. Mm-hmm. And the first thing the racists will throw back in our faces. What about black on black crime? Right. And and we know that they're saying it from a, a racist perspective. Yeah. And we know that there's a lot of underlining issues that we're we're dealing with when you talk about um uh, uh violence in the community there's been studies that have shown and demonstrated that when uh you have poverty when you have a community that's been marginalized and oppressed when you uh, have a community that's been underserved and traumatized right and you don't address those underlining issues it does result in violence that's why in america it has the most poverty has a high level of poverty but it has also a high level of violence in this community and uh the black family especially the black men is the epitome of that right so from one perspective, we want to hold the police accountable when they kill black men. But how do we hold each other accountable when we kill each other? Those of us that know better should tell, should tell each other, should speak on it. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And when you say speak on it, what do you mean by that? Let our brothers and sisters know what's wrong and what's right. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Stand out. Don't, mm-hmm. don't uh, go with the everyday norm. Mm-hmm. of what, what we consider to be all right in this society. Go against the grain. Right. I've always gone against the grain. I, I'm not afraid to go <laughs> against the grain. Give me some examples when you say you go against the grain. Just basically just outright speaking out on what's right. Got you. Okay, so now, like, it's for me to correct my, my younger brother or sister when right. I see them right. in the wrong. Right. You know, and, and to pass down that righteous knowledge. Right. That righteous knowledge based based on God's word. Right. Based on Yahweh's word. Amen. You know, and, yeah. and, and, and don't forget that it don't forget Speaking. that Yahweh is the source of everything. Right. So, you know, you we we can come from a righteous wisdom, but we have to also come from from a wisdom that was handed down from from Yahweh. Right. You know. Right. So. Right. And, and whether it's popular or not, or whether whether anybody agrees with you or not, always tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Always tell the truth on what's right and what's wrong, and 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 pull our brother or sister to the side and let them know where they wrong or where they right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let them know where they wrong, and mm-hmm. let stop doing it. it. Takes a village, right? Right. Stop doing that. Don't do that. Right. 
You making you making conditions worse for all, for all of us when you act out like that. When you say these things, mm-hmm. when you conduct yourself in a certain way, they they everybody's watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and uh, <laughs> I know that th- this is a touchy and a difficult conversation to have uh, when you. Uh, when we talk about holding our own accountable, right, you know, and I know I try to do it. And, you know, and I, I think that, you know, God is important. Yahweh is important to be in the center of it. And one of the things that I posted not too long ago, or talked about not too long ago was how that um, when you look at uh, people, uh, black people who believe in absolute truth, only 10 percent do. Right. Well, they believe in God. But black people, the most religious people in this country or probably in the world. Right. But when it comes to absolute truth black people only only 10 percent believe in absolute truth versus every other race believe about 25 26 percent believe in that that truth is absolute right and so when we, we even when we try to come and talk about god people don't want to hear it right and the way these and, and see we live in a generation today that um is not only for lack of a better way of saying is lost from perspective of knowing god and knowing who god is and and so on but a generation that is like in total rebellion, going the other way, right? Really like falling to the new age stuff, falling to being like really anti-God and don't want to hear nothing about God. So how do you uh, instill, you know, righteousness and instill these kind of principles in folks where they don't even want to hear about it, you know? And I, and I understand, I know that, you know, you got to get out there, you got to connect, you got to build relationships and things like that. But the way I see it is that, these youngsters will listen to the person that don't know nothing before they listen to somebody who can give them some wisdom and some knowledge and understanding of how to be successful in this life and how to maneuver through this life. They'll listen to somebody that uh, uh, can't put the sherm down themselves, can't put the, the, the liquor bottle down themselves, you know, uh, uh, barely making it themselves with their, with their family, not even living up to what they supposed to. Those are the examples that they see and that they follow and it seems, you know, that um, they tend to lean towards that versus, you know, really looking at those. Because we got a lot of righteous men out here that trying to serve God, doing the right thing and so on and trying to be an example. But that's, you know, even when I was coming up, that was like, you know, you're a nerd, you're not in um, and all those type of things, you know, where you're you're um, uh, you're you're lacking. Right. Uh, what I'm looking for is being an example because what the example they're looking for is the pimp, the smooth one, the banger, the person that's violent. So that's in, but righteousness is out. And so when you talk about trying to bring change, how do you bring it when people don't even want to hear about God and they don't even care about it? They, they think that that's outdated and and uh, that's white man's religion. In your everyday walk, uh-huh. just be an example. Because your Amen. what you do is more of an example as opposed to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So if you walk in that walk, they're going to see that anyway. Mm-hmm. You don't even really have to say nothing. Uh-huh. If you live in righteous, it's going to show. Uh-huh. And it's going it's going that's going to shine like sunlight on everybody. Amen. You see Amen. how that brother can he, he he don't have to say nothing. But he's living right. We know he's living right. Mm-hmm. You, that's undeniable. That's right. undeniable truth right there. Right. Your walk is undeniable truth. And if anybody want to talk to you, 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 you gonna and spit righteousness. Mm-hmm. If, if if when it comes to vocal, verbal, yeah, the the righteousness is gonna come out your mouth. But at the at the same at the, at the same time, the main thing is by example. 
Amen. Amen. We need more examples. I, I agree with you. They're going to see you doing right. Mm-hmm. And that means more than anything. Right, right. You know? And I agree with you on that. We need we need more examples, more people to be examples of, of what is right versus what is what is wrong and so on. And so let's move on. I, I want to uh, touch on this because this is like one of the big issues we have is the relationship between black men and black women. Right. What's going on with that? I mean, we're more divided than ever. Why? You, why would I mean, do you do you have a, your hand on the post on that? Or can you tell us, like, from your perspective, what you see? I, I could see by I could see. And feel by what I've been through, uh-huh. by, by what I'm seeing, uh-huh. and uh, it's by design for show. Uh-huh. It's definitely by design, right? And we got we have to stop letting outside influences dictate how we move. Thank you. Now, and now, then, I've, I, now, I, now, our sisters, I'm not, and I'm not saying all of them, mm-hmm. but many of them that are, are are against us, or they prefer to align themselves with entities and struggles outside of what we what we really represent and and, and they would rather uh drink from a dirty glass <laughs> what do you mean dirty glass can you be a little bit more you know, uh, um, give an example be more specific on that certain, one certain certain organizations and certain social is- interests right that are not really right that are not righteous mm-hmm. and are not in our best interest uh-huh but they they will march with a uh, uh, uh they will align themselves with impure causes in order to achieve an overall objective mm-hmm. therefore in in the end you're not going to really get a good result anyway right second of all we got we got to stop letting people places and things piggyback off our movement period in in our, in our quest for liberation and righteousness mm-hmm. everybody want to ride with us and, and get what they want to get but then then they don't want to help us get what we want to get. Right. They're not there for us when we need them. Mm-hmm. You know, and then in the, in the first place, their causes are not seated in righteousness anyway. Right. Right. They're right. seated in in, in uh, what's the impurity? Uh huh. Put it like that. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So, uh, do you think that um, we'll ever get to the place where we'll be united as a people rather than being divided? And I know, what do you know about the the um, uh, Willie Lynch letter? Well, the the Willie Lynch letter was the, that syndrome. Yeah, the, the Willie Lynch letter was it was very carefully and intricately intricately designed and concocted to de- destroy us and keep us divided physically, spiritually, and mentally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and, and I know that, you know, many uh, people believe that it's not authentic. It was believe it was a letter that was forged. Uh, some believe, oh, no, that was it was true, whatever. But I think that the principle uh, when you look at it and, and even if it's just a metaphor, whatever you want to call it, I believe the principle is real, though, in how we are divided. Well, the principle is what this society is based on. Right. When you want to get right down to it, let's get right down to it. Mm-hmm. It's what this society is based on. Mm-hmm. It's what it's what is basically has been conducting this society. Mm-hmm. If you want to get down to the what's really happening, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. let's, let's deal with the issue because mm-hmm. because this society was seated in unrighteousness and still is, and it perpetuates unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, yeah. It, it it's it it. A virus evolves. <laughs> mm-hmm. It becomes more powerful. So, so the filth and iniquity 
in which this society was created on, it's evolving and becoming stronger and more vicious, more intricate, Mm -hmm. more tricky to where Mm -hmm. when you uncover something that's wrong, there is so much more to uh, to unveil. Right, right. You know? Right. And, you know, I I, I agree. I think that, you know, um, we just got to be on top of things, right? We got to make sure that we're not allowing outside sources, as you talked about these, you know, that want to come in and reframe the narrative, you know, uh, I, I think that's that's part of been part of the problem. And I'm just, you know, say it when you talk about the relationship between black men and black women and so on. A lot of times what end up happening is, is that uh, the black woman will accuse a man of patriarchy and, uh, you know, just trying to. Um, and and I, I believe that a lot of this is true. Right. You know, where where black man is, you know, trying to want to he don't have that power, but want to have the same power that the white man has. Right. Want to want to be in that that dominant uh, position right and 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 because what you think like um uh things like you don't cry men don't cry right uh that didn't come from the black family came from from the white man right and so the white black men just picked that up and like oh men don't cry you know well, jesus they, cry they, what you talking about they say a lot <laughs> they say a lot of superstitious untrue spell spell casting sayings <laughs> and, and as you think it you shall believe it so if yeah. you, it ain't Things like if you live by the gun, you will die by the gun. Yeah. Well, you know, at some point you gonna need a gun to protect yourself and your family. First of all, as a black man mm-hmm. or woman, you live behind you live in, behind enemy lines anyway. Mm-hmm. That's America. Mm-hmm. You know, some places are less less hostile than others, but nevertheless, you you are prey here. Right. In America. Right. So you yeah, so live by the gun, die by the gun. You gonna need something to protect yourself at some point anyway. Well, you have, I mean, I don't believe it. I know I'm, I'm not one of those that tell people, you know, that you shouldn't have a gun uh, and things like that, but I'm against them. I'm against having guns. I'm against uh, using them. God is my protection. Yeah. And, um, you know, if something go down or what have you, you know, I have other means of ways to defend myself if I need mm-hmm. to in my family. But I, you know, I, I think that, that that's part of tied into white supremacy too, you know, the gun, the, the gun culture when you, when you talk about it. So a lot of times, I think where where we fell as black men is that many times we do try to emulate, you know, what the white man is, right? Rather than uh, being who God has called us to be as men, right? And and stepping up to the plate and being uh, uh, instead of trying to have all this power, uh, this false power, fake power, because uh, as the Lord said, you know, uh, it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. And so we know that you know when you have God. And you become the kind of God, man that God wants you to be, then you're a true man. Uh, uh, emulating uh, what the white man is does not make you a man. And I think that's where many times black men have failed is that we pick up, you know, from we we pick up their lines. It's like black women pick up white women's narratives and, and try to follow after that. Right. So black men, you don't cry. You don't do this. You don't do that. And you don't get all emotional and so on. But that that comes from the white culture. You know, we know that Jesus wept and we know that, you know, Jeremiah, we call him the weeping prophet, you know. And so it's OK to be emotional. God gave us emotions. It's OK to cry. And that's why even with with my grandsons, I try to teach them now. Yeah, man, cry. It's OK to cry. You know, don't don't let nobody think that you soft or uh, uh, you're a sissy or something like that because you're you're crying and you're showing a little emotion and so on. And because we got that stuff from from white people, white men, and 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 we got to get that stuff out of our culture. So I think that to a certain extent, you know, there's a sense where men, black men are trying to 
emulate in, in uh, that patriarchy that comes from the white culture. But at the same time, black men don't have it, right? <laughs> We've been stripped of any kind of power we should have in this country. And if anything, we need to come together. We need we need to get we need our black women to support us and get behind us and, and understand that. And on the other end, when we see our, our black women, we're not in competition like the white woman with the black white man. You know, uh, because black men don't have no power. So you can chase after that feminism and you can, you know, make accusations from the perspective that what um, uh, uh, saying what black men are trying to do. But we don't have that kind of power. We don't have uh, that. We don't have that wealth. We don't have anything in uh, control of any of that. Right. And so um, I think it does go back to what we talked about earlier is that we have to build a healthy family, a righteous family. We have to build a family the way God wants it to be versus trying to uh, be what the world is, right? And, and, and what we've been taught uh, from, the, from white supremacy. Uh, because it doesn't, it's not white supremacy, whatever you adopt from white supremacy, whether black man or black woman, it's not gonna work for us and not gonna work for our family. You know what I mean? So we, we have to do something different. So we have to- we I have hear to, something again, thanks your phone. That's my phone. We have to define ourselves and don't let anything outside of our family dictate how we how we deal with ourselves and our family. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, forget what's what's popular and what's trendy. Mm -hmm. And, and first of all, that hasn't been working anyway. Right. You know, uh, stand on the truth. Mm -hmm. Stand on reality. Mm -hmm. You know, what 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 makes a man, you know, what makes a woman. Mm -hmm. So we, we have to as a village, we have to. uh we have to get back originally to what we understood what those things are and mm -hmm. as opposed to letting somebody outside our family define who we are. We have to define who we are. We have to, we can and will take control of our destiny mm -hmm. and, and we can, we can get, we can seize the, the power that we don't have. Mm -hmm. We can get that overnight, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, cause we are natural born leaders. <laughs> we, we are creators of nations and this world. Mm -hmm. And once we get back into realizing who we are, everything going to fall in place. Right, right. So, yeah, and so I mean, we don't have that much more time. I just want to, to come in and, and have a little chat during lunch. It's hard to get a lot of time, people, to, to come on, especially during this time because uh, folks are uh, doing whatever they're doing during midday. <laughs> well, you can, do a, you can do a lot in a little bit of time. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And so, but but for sure, man, I mean, I just wanted to, to come on and have this this. Uh, conversation I, and i think this is just the beginning of having a conversation about you know what it is to be a black man in america because we most definitely don't want to uh try to uh emulate and take on the characteristics of what white supremacy is right because uh, that does that's not going to work for black people they'll never share their power with us from that perspective so we have to create we have to build our own community build our own families build our own wealth and of course hold these racist systems accountable right because uh, when you talk about systemic racism and and how it has impacted the black family, there is some repairing that needs to be done, right? And so that's why we talk about things like reparation, and not uh, from a cash perspective, but also from a perspective of 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 fixing things uh, that have been damaged in, in long. Whether you're talking about the redlining, or when you're talking about uh, home ownership, when you talk about education, when you talk about employment, when you talk about us entrepreneurs being our business, having our own businesses. And how the community has been criminalized and how they specifically choose, you know, criminalize you, arrest you, give you a record and then 
uh, set up where you can't get certain licenses, certain you can't get certain types of 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 uh, certifications if you if you have a criminal record. Because we have a lot of walls, barriers, and borders against us. Right from in the first place. Right, 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 right here in the place in the land of liberty, where we grew up at. Right, right. You know so, exactly. Uh, imagine, imagine in the Million Man March. When Nelson Mandela, he, he thought he looked at America as a beacon of hope of freedom. Mm-hmm. And he found out it was another place of, of white supremacy and oppression. <laughs> I saw how his face and he and he's near the end of his life. He's like, well, he, the look on his face was like, so there really is no, you know, <laughs> I, I thought I fought in all this time and thought here was where it lies and, 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 and it was where it lied. But what lies here is lies. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So, man, look, this is uh, just the, the beginning of a conversation that we can have. We got to work through this because I don't if if it, here's the thing I always say, if, if we had all the answers, we would have the solutions and we you know, we'd be further on up the road. So a lot of times I think, you know, we are there's things we know we need to do, but there's other things we're trying to work through uh, when we when we look at this. But the one thing that I want to see is the black family come together. Right. I, I want to uh, see the end of the divisiveness between the black man and the black woman and the black and the children. Right. Because they're, 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 you know, there's a there's a huge di- di- divide. And we know that, you know, in, in a in a in a spiritual home, uh, Jesus said that, you know, two would be get divided against three and three against two. We we understand it when it comes to the spiritual aspect of that. But when we talk about the community as a whole and the direction that we're going in, it does not do us any service at all to hate on one another and to uh, put down each other, you know, because we're facing that on the other side from a white supremacy every day. We have to deal with it. every time you step outside, even within your own home, you got to deal with white supremacy. You got to deal with that oppression mm-hmm. and how our community is being marginalized. So we we got to come together. And we got to see it. If we don't get nothing else out of this podcast and this live feed, uh, one thing I do want to say is that black women, black men, we got to see that both sides are trying to emulate white supremacy. Yeah. Uh, the, the black woman is trying to emulate white supremacy from the white woman. They just and and the same thing with the black man. I uh, was just looking at something yesterday where they was talking about how uh, the you know fifty five percent of white women voted for Trump, right? You know, and they still promote. They still behind. Uh, this white supremacy ideal, right? And so we're dealing with that. And and even when you look at liberalism, right, and you look at the left of the versus right in politics, both sides really kind of have this um, slanted view, this perverted view of black people, right? You know, even those. I I, I'll give you a good example, and this will sum it up. Is that there was a a a white gentleman that I met, and he. he was like he really wanted to be a part of the solution, right? He didn't want to be a part of the problem. He wanted to. Um, uh, he said he had biases, and he admitted it. He said, "You know, I don't. I have biases." And and he he considered himself a liberal. He said, "I have biases." You know, when I see think about black people, sometimes certain thoughts come to mind. I try to fight it off, and so on. But it's there. And he said, "I can't help it." He said, "I don't want to think this way." But I and he's being honest. He said, but I do think this way, you know, the way that, you know, you was designed by the the narrative that's out there about black people thinking that way. Right. So on either side, when it comes to to safety um, and when it comes to the narrative that is painted about black people, criminals, dangerous, violent, a threat, you know, and especially when it becomes a threat to you, to your uh, livelihood. Right. 
because uh, when you look at uh, Prop, what was it, Prop 16, I believe it was, that was dealing with affirmative action, they voted that down, right? And this is supposed to be a liberal state because they don't want they don't want equality or, or they don't want equity, right? They don't want uh, to be in competition like that, right? So what they say is let's leave race out of it, but then at the same time, race is in it because when when economics and when the uh, the the wealth is skewed based on race when you look at the race over here and look at white people look at black people you see that there's this big old wealth gap we know that there's a problem and we need to fix it but they don't want to fix it right because that's the way white supremacy work so we're we're well, our, our fight is different from what white folks are fighting and a lot of times we, our, we our tend to think our fight is different from anybody else amen. on this planet earth amen amen and we got to understand that and we got to come together to fight against it any closing words because I'm going to go ahead and close out. All, all I can say to all my brothers and sisters, just stay on the good foot. Stay on the, <laughs> stay on the side of truth, justice, Amen. righteousness, and equality. That's it. And stay in the fruit of the spirit. You can't go wrong with that right there. Mm-hmm. You know? Amen. Amen. We're going to be back talking about a little bit more because we we're going to start talking about our seasons of peace or no shots fired because we want to, uh, as we go into this holiday season, uh, we, we don't want no shots to be fired. We want, you know, gang members those that call themselves banging or what have you to, to put down your guns and uh, let's have a time of peace. Let's get along with each other. You know, let's start giving, uh, uh, showing some love to each other versus showing some hate towards each other. Yeah. We on on that right there. It take a real man to just knuckle up and go toe to toe rather than to pick up a gun. Yeah. One on one. If you really need to go there mm-hmm. and, and you, you shouldn't be fighting over nothing stupid, but if, if you got to fight, then, then fight like a man. Then. Mm-hmm. Don't be a coward. Mm-hmm. You know, putting a bullet in nobody—that ain't—that ain't nothing. They ain't nothing brave about that, right? Especially when nobody has when when it's uneven. You have a gun and they don't. Yeah, <laughs> that's cowardice. You know how everybody, how hard everybody act when they yeah. got a pistol. Mm-hmm. When they when they get behind them bars when they ain't got no pistol, then you see what a real what what kind of man they is, mm-hmm. or a mouse they are. <laughs> you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Ain't nowhere to run or hide. All right. So if, if nothing else, we, we um, uh, want to thank everyone for um, listening to and viewing us on um, Slow Motion with Bishop Bowser. This is uh, episode 16, and we're just basically having a conversation about what it is to be a black man in America. I don't even think we even scratched the surface on this. There's, there's uh, so much we need to talk about on this, and if we got some sisters out there that want to uh, come on the podcast and let me know, we can, we can, we can do it from a black woman's perspective or bring a black woman and a black man to have a conversation and talk about it. All right. Cause I want to continue this conversation as we continue to move on. Cause we have a huge problem in the community between the black man, and the black woman divide. Right. And the black man is losing, right. He's losing on every end cause white supremacy is oppressing him and locking him up, killing him, uh, breaking him in his spirit and everything else. And then he's got to go up against it in his own home. He's got to go up against it in his relationship with the black woman he's with and with the whole society, right? And so somehow we got to get past that, all right? All right, thank you for um, uh, uh, listening to this podcast. Once again, we'll be back very soon with another podcast. God bless you.